0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast. Brought to you by Block and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. I'm Tony Catalina. Always, like always, with Aiden Davis here. Tough one for uh the Dallas Cowboys. But you know, win, lose, or draw, we're gonna be here to talk about it. And before I, I ask you how you doing, Aiden, I see I noticed right off the bat, we're both wearing the uh true brand upside-down Dallas hats. And when I go through my hat collection to put one on, I'm like. This feels right today. You know, this feels right tonight. So I don't know if you had the same feeling as me, but that's why I'm wearing it. it. Everything's upside down.
1: No, that's actually a good way to put it. As somebody who doesn't own a lot of hats, this upside down Dallas hat is from true. Shout out to true brand is it's like one of three hats in my rotation.
0: Yeah. So with that being said, outside of, uh, you know, there really is nothing positive to talk about, period. Right. Cowboys lose 42 to 10 to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, We'll get into our initial thoughts here. We'll jump right into it. Um, Nothing good to come out of this game. Right. I, I found myself on the Internet, which is, you know, strike one for me. That's number one rule. Don't be on the Internet during these games. But I looked at a defense that looked like they were playing uninspired, had their soul taken out of them, just weren't ready and weren't prepared I hate the long talk. I think we're going to talk about it more here. It's going to be a segment. I hate the whole, oh, we're going to come out here and and we're going to play and put our best foot forward and nobody's going to disrespect us and you're going to see. And I I hate that stuff because every time they do the rah-rah, they get embarrassed. And then I get secondhand embarrassment. This 49ers team, in every sense of the term, the word really is better than you at every single conceivable possible way. They showed it. They can't, when you're 0 for 3 against them, this one was the most embarrassing loss with the least amount of, you know, consequences. So I guess that's the only saving grace. It was just a regular season game instead of sending you home over the last two years. But we'll get into it more deeply, but I want to get your initial thoughts. But that's kind of how I want to set the tone. This is not going to be a fun and happy episode.
1: No, I we'll, we'll dig into it more. I do think this is a really good 49ers team but if you're the Dallas Cowboys, if you're going up against, like, for my money, probably the best team of football right now, like, at least show some competition. At least show you want it because what we heard all, all week, the Cowboys were clearly upset about last year. We heard, like, oh, Dak seems dialed in. Dan Quinn shows up to the game wearing a black suit. It's a 49ers funeral. And then to go out there and uninspired is the perfect word. It, they just showed no fight whatsoever. Like, after the 49ers um scored after the 49ers responded to the Cowboys touchdown, it just it was like, okay, you've you beat us. Congratulations. Like game over. I we're not even really gonna play to win this game anymore. And if it's discouraging, man. It's that does not look like a team. I mean, forget Super Bowl. If the Cowboys come out and play like that every week, like that's not even a playoff team.
0: No, I mean you are what your record says you are you're 3 and 2 you've beaten three poor football teams right and we're going to get into that deeper here but i want to look at it as as the game goes if you if you missed it or you want to rehash it cuz you you're you like pain like i do um george kittle opens up the scoring with a 19 yard touchdown pass then he goes and gets a 38 yard touchdown pass off the flea flicker trick or ration. that was okay you get beat by kittle in the opening drive and and you're like nothing looked good they scripted nope. up a nice opening drive That's Kyle Shanahan in his bag Doing what he does best The second one the flea flicker was like You're not disciplined You're not like you just don't play Assignment football And they had George Kittle bare, naked running down the field Easy touchdown That was like a you got pants type of situation And we could go down all of them We'll kind of discuss it further But this team talked all week About how this was important game and even Jerry in 20 minutes before kickoff saying we can learn a lot about yourself this game or paraphrasing and he's absolutely right we learned that this team in my opinion you can tell me I'm wrong and I hope you would to inject some positivity but they're not in the same realm as the Eagles they're not in the same realm as the 49ers like they're they're a playoff team in the NFC but there is a Grand Canyon size gap right now between Them and and the real contenders In this this conference and those Are the two teams that you know Everybody wants to stack up and talk And have a conversation about I am not A Person that likes to overanalyze in the Moment like I'm not that type of person I just like to look at it with a clear head And nothing about tonight's Performance is gonna sit here and you're Gonna have that conversation and say we still belong In that same conversation with these people It's just not reality right now
1: yeah. I think what we saw in the Cardinals game that like we raised our eyebrows about like, Oh, is this a problem? It, those all came to fruition tonight. It it was just weird because problems that hadn't been an issue were also popping up. Like the Cowboys not being able to move, forget about red zone offense. The Cowboys just not being able to move the ball between the twenties against ease. Like the jets have a great defense. So it's, it, you can't, I, I just have a hard time believing that the 49ers are that have that much better of a defense than the, um than the jets because we haven't really seen that. This, so it's like, why weren't you able to move the ball between the twenties at all? Why is your secondary getting torn to shreds by Brock Purdy who showed tonight? He is a good quarterback, but if Brock Purdy is shredding your defense, then what about Justin Herbert? What about Jalen hurts? Like those are that what about Matt Stafford? Those are the next three games on the schedule. The Cowboys showed tonight, like, oh, yeah, you can pass against us. Make sure to get the ball out quick because eventually our pass rush is going to get home. It didn't tonight against Brock Purdy because the 49ers knew exactly what they were doing. They quick passes, and we're going to air it out, and we are going to shred your secondary. And they did it. They Our our secondary looked bad tonight.
0: Proof is in the numbers, man. Brock Purdy went 17 for 24 252 passing yards, four touchdowns, and had a 144.4 passer rating. I mean, damn near perfect, right? And he isn't asked to do anything like fancy, right? This offense is is carteled around helping the quarterback play action, easy throws, nothing fancy whatsoever. But what the Cowboys prove time and time again is you don't have to be fancy to beat them. I know they had the trick but that almost felt disrespectful rather than like a necessity. Like, they, they, if they, they didn't have to do the whole, you know, skip, flip, and do, die nah, to throw to George Kittle, they could have beat you old fashioned, and they did do that. Um, the problem with me comes to the rhetoric, and I tweeted this during the game, but. I'm I'm not looking forward to the Micah Parsons, the J-Ron curses, all these like D- demarcus Lawrence's. They're gonna be like, you know what, doubt us, doubt us, go ahead and doubt us. Like we're we're gonna come back and we're gonna show you. Like, I don't wanna hear that. Like, I don't wanna talk about it. I don't wanna see it. I just wanna see it. Like, honest to God, I know that they have media obligations and I'm in that world where I gotta you know, I talk to players, but I don't care if they never speak to another media person again. It doesn't serve a purpose. It, and, and nobody's going to believe you until you show it on the field anyway. So this team, I could we could talk for an hour about how they're just not there and they had showed you nothing. And anybody who comes on our network or any other network that's blowing the, the smoke and trying to talk the positivity is in la-la land right now because there is nothing positive to talk about.
1: Yeah, and it's especially gonna be weird seeing like a Micah Parsons if like I, I'm not gonna rag on the guy, but Micah Parsons to me was like if you want example number one of somebody who looked like they didn't really care, they like got punched in the mouth and just shied away. I I don't know, about, I, example number one for me is Micah Parsons. I don't want to give him too Lamb. much flack because Ceedee Lamb too mm-hmm. like, like these are great players and we know that they can play so it's not like i'm worried about micah parsons but you're gonna face adversity through the season and to just like it was body language all around was just they they didn't they didn't want to win this game or they stopped believing they could win this game after the hike the when when did the uh 49ers at 28 points it was like halftime early yeah so <laughs> Yeah, seven minutes into the th- No, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was. Like yeah, yeah, I seven minutes into, into the third, third yeah. quarter. It
0: was 21 7 at halftime. And it just felt like insurmountable. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It just felt insurmountable. But, uh, you know, as we kind of move on to our second topic here, I kind of want to dive in deeper to this. And we kind of were talking about and tiptoeing around it, but I want to ask you more directly Is this a matchup problem with the 49ers? Or is this a sign of more of the Cowboys simply not being good enough to compete with the upper echelon teams of the league?
1: I are the Cowboys are the 49ers a bad matchup for the Cowboys. Absolutely. Like, because I mean the 49ers are a bad matchup for anybody in the NFL. They just have so many weapons. They're so deep on offense. That defense, like you just there's playmakers at every level on the defense. There the Niners are a bad matchup against anybody, and they will likely come out. I'm them or the Eagles will be the one seed at the beginning of the year. And like I, I'm pushing my chips in on the Niners winning the Super Bowl at this point. They look like the best team of football. With that said, the strength of the Niners where I thought they could exploit the Cowboys didn't really come into fruition. Like Christian McCaffrey finished with what 2.9 a carry tonight. Like if you t- told me the 49ers hung 42 points on the Cowboys before the game, I would have been like, Oh, Christian McCaffrey probably popped off the way that James Connor and um, Rondell Moore did against the Cowboys. It was just like our defense wouldn't be able to stop McCaffrey. That wasn't the case though. They actually did very well against the run tonight it was Brock Purdy carving us up and then on defense that you you should be able to beat the 49ers like you're not you're likely not going to beat them on the ground but Dak Prescott needed to show up tonight he did not at all and it was just seeing the complete ineptitude of being able to like not being able to move the ball not even picking up a first down until the second quarter to me that's those are big red flags that it's it's not like the 49ers beat the Cowboys through the ways that you'd expect. And so that's what's most concerning for
0: me. My thing is, right, and the wheels fell off, and I'll answer that question more directly, but I want to kind of speak to, I spent the afternoon or the night trying to, like, defend Dak Prescott, right? Because at the time, we're down 28-7. to Defense looked inept, right? The defense couldn't stop anybody. And that's what really, like, perplexed me and surprised me was, like, I know it's low-hanging fruit to blame the quarterback. And I understand that, It doesn't take too much deep thought to just be like Dak Prescott's the problem. But I'm sitting here saying everyone knows that this defense is supposed to be the strength, right? This defense is supposed to carry. It's supposed to do enough that this offense can keep us in there. And at that point in time, Dak Prescott had one interception, a dumb one, but – threw a a perfect pass to Gavante Turpin, was just running the offense. And yeah, they weren't really doing like too efficiently, but it wasn't like catastrophic at that point in time. Now, when things started to spiral out and Dak ended up throwing three interceptions on the night, you're like, okay, this is one of them nights where nothing is going right. And it's hard to even defend Dak Prescott. But my whole thing is you can't win if your defense can't stop the other team. Right. Like, I understand those three and outs, and I understand the offense didn't have much rhythm. Who's to blame for that? Play calling, execution, the whole nine. Nobody's absolved of blame. But Dak, not even Dak, this offense, this defense could not for the life of them stop Brock Purdy. They could not stop Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Christian McCaffrey I mean if it wasn't for that freak fumble it it would probably have been even worse it probably would have been 49 instead of 42 so it just where where is the strength of this team if we're gonna agree or if everyone's gonna sit here and say Dak Prescott ain't the guy and and they're doing all these crazy things and talking about we need to move on from Dak but where's the accountability for the defense is what I'm asking
1: I don't disagree with that. I do think that both things can be true at the same time. So, like, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm now scared about how this defense looks. That is, forget like elite. The defense didn't even look average tonight. Like they got flat out beat. So, I'm not going to defend the defensive performance. But I also, <clears throat> I've defended Dak a lot on here. I'm not going to do that after this week because it was a bad game from Dak. And so, I'm not going to like, I don't think I can do that with this week. That My oh, only I problem
0: mean, is, sorry to cut you off, my only problem is these were loaded in the chamber takes from people, right? Like he had sure. one interception, and people were already ready to jump the gun on him. So when he got the three, it was what they've already been ready to send. So it's not like it was... His play has spurred this. They needed an outlet, and he's the easy, low-hanging fruit. Now, he's going to get disrespected, and it's going to be warranted. I, I can't defend the guy. But what I can call out is hypocrisy, and it's not your hypocrisy. It's the fan base. But, yeah, he there isn't a single soul, 53-man roster, and all of the staff in front of office that aren't, of dissolved of blame here, but it's just like I I see what my mentions look like. I see what my time, time timeline looks like, and I'm like, this team hasn't been able to stock Brock Purdy one time, and everybody's talking about Dak Prescott. This is out of control.
1: I think it's two sides of the same coin that we're essentially saying the same thing. We can't. We're not going to put this loss all on Dak because Dak was not like. How how you want to rank the Cowboys in order of the blame? Like Dak's up there, and. But he's he's not like it's it's not like reasons why the cowboy lost. Dak number one end of list. Like there was a lot of reasons that the cowboys got embarrassed tonight. And so if you if I don't want to see Dak being the only scapegoat for this loss, but I I do think it's fair to criticize him because even like if you look at the stats, there's stuff that doesn't pop up in the stat sheet that is was concerning from Dak's played night, for example. He was holding on the ball way too long and ready, letting the 49ers pass rush get home, especially on critical third downs. That There were multiple times where it was like third and five, third and six, and Dak's throwing it short of the change. Like, that's not what a good quarterback does. you you got to know the yardage you have to get. That's pretty
0: you know? Yeah, but you like can't the, throw it if they're you, not beyond the, the sticks.
1: But like you know, dumping it off to the running back on a third and six.
0: Well, the third and six, I think the one that comes to my mind is the one where Jake Ferguson ran three yards. Yeah, you know what I mean. Was there and,
1: was there not another? I have, mean, I I'm seen sure. I'm Twitter sure too. But I'm
0: sure. When, well, T- Terrence Steele, good dog walk by you know Joey Bosa and and Tony Pollard from the ball, and it, it, there was a lot of situations. I'm not trying to like defend Dak Prescott, but like. Dak can't have them run stick routes that don't reach the sticks. You know, he can't have the play caller run deeper mesh concepts mid intermediate and be short. Like, yeah, he I mean, yeah, I guess he could hope somebody goes rogue, but a lot of it is is the play calling. And this Texas Coast offense, we talk about how his his yards per you know reception are like 5.6 yards. And that almost lines up perfectly with a third and six situation where you're just short. So it just it's what the offense looks like where the my problem is they haven't adapted. Right. They haven't adapted to a a situational football. Everyone's so convinced that what they're going to do is just going to work and they don't like take it and say, okay, maybe I mean, I agree. I, I don't love you know, third and six, you throw a 35 yard pass. I don't love, you know what I mean? Taking the deep shot, to Michael Gallup, there's situational awareness there, but I just feel like there's a whole lot going on there rather than, you know, Dak Prescott just hitting the check down because he's about to get killed.
1: No, I, 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 Completely agree with you. There is a lot of reasons that the Cowboys lost tonight. I just think, like, Dak Prescott's on that list, and I'm not going to excuse the performance. But I'm also not going to ignore our defense. Play calling is something we haven't really talked about, but play calling was, yep, you're right, an absolute disaster tonight. That's another reason we lost. Um, The receivers, there were a few drops that I saw that, like, you need to help your quarterback out there. The running game was non-existent. There was a lot of reasons that the Cowboys lost. So I agree with you that Dak shouldn't be the only reason. But if with that said, if you if you do want to criticize Dak for tonight, I'm not going to defend him after night. Not to say I have given up hope on Dak Prescott. I'm just not going to defend him this week.
0: Yeah, I I don't I'm not really interested in the defend. I don't even really want to have the conversation with people to be honest with you, because yeah, uh, it's 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 fruitless. Like I, people that are going to disrespect Dak Prescott. That's like what they've come to do. That's what they're here for. You know what I mean? I, I'm more interested in trying to figure out why this team looks perplexed defensively, why they look perplexed while the play calling is what it is offensively. I want to know why they, in the biggest moments, that's when they have their biggest blunders. I want to know why J curse, you know, Donovan Wilson gets yeah. a head to head and then Jaron Ron curse lines up off sides. And then he, then he gets a taunting penalty that forces them to, to not punt. Like, I want to know why these little things happen. I, and in the biggest moments, like I almost get, I almost cringe now with the sense when it's a big football game, because they're, they're like too juiced up in their own head and they can't play level-headed football. Like I will say, if you want me to talk negatively about Dak Prescott, I knew this moment was a very big moment for him. The first drive when he, when he overshot Schoonmaker by about four yards over his head, because he was so juiced up. He threw the thing about 110 miles per hour. I'm like, Oh man, this game is, they weren't lying. This game means a lot to these guys. So that makes it even more painful. The fact that they got dog walked the way they did. Yeah,
1: that's, Another example of something that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. It, it, there was just a complete lack of confidence from Prescott tonight, which is not something sub- we've seen him be confident before last year in the Tampa Bay game. It was like, Oh, Dak, he's in his bag and he is very, he knows he can take advantage of this Tampa Bay defense. I would have liked to see him come out with that same fire against the Niners. Like
0: I, I think the up. problem is, and I think I said this last week, I might've said it on the round table. Like, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence I But it might just be a straight-up lack of skill. The 49ers are just better. They're better. Like, instead of trying to figure out what's wrong with the Cowboys, I'm more interested in talking about what's right with the 49ers. They're a matchup nightmare. They do things that are really poor. They do things to this Cowboys defense and offense that put them in a real bind. Kyle Shanahan has – we thought Vic Fangio that one time had the remedy on this team. Like, no – go to whatever if you want to beat the cowboys emulate what Kyle Shanahan is doing on all sides of the ball and you'll be successful against this team if you have the if you have the skill to do it so yeah everybody played bad but i think in this not you but in this hot take world of people people are looking for the negative instead of just being like damn that's a damn good 49ers football team you know what i mean like that's the number one thing to me it's like oh why did the cowboys lose it's cuz they weren't better that's number one to me
1: I agree. I do think there's a difference. And like for my money, I don't know how you stand. The 49ers tonight proved they're the best team of football to me. And so I losing is one thing. If the Cowboys had lost, if it was like a 24-23 game where the 49ers. Yep. Just at the end of the game, they beat us. They managed to kick a game winning field goal or they stopped our offense. That's fine. You're you're going up against a really good football team. I just a good Cowboys team shouldn't lose by 32
0: points. Well that's so we're going to get into that because my I think one of our next question is and I'm going to roll right into it. It's I'm glad you said this. Is everything we thought about this team a facade based on weak opponents? Like is that is that kind of what it is because I'm I'm leaning in towards the side of like yeah, like everything tastes a little different with this team now. Like okay, cool you beat the Jets. Oh cool, you steamrolled the Patriots, but so did the Saints. Like, oh cool, you beat the Giants. The Giants are a train wreck. And for I don't put Arizona in a good category, but they just didn't fear you. And they went out and they punched you in the mouth. And then you go into a 49ers team who is a top tier team who know they can beat you, who have the talent to beat you and absolutely don't fear you at all. I knew that the Cowboys were in trouble when Charvarius Ward talked to the media this week and they were like, Oh, do you think this is a big game? And he's like, and they had a big game to us. Like we've already beat them twice. And it's like, yeah, yeah, they're right. Like the Cowboys are going to come in here tight tense want this game and the 49ers like you're just another nameless faceless opponent we're gonna go drop 40 on your head and we're gonna get out of here you know without real a bruise on us really
1: yeah I'm we will and I've been saying this for a while now but we've we've gone through both sides of the extremes the Cowboys have played some very very bad teams and they just played arguably the best team and so it's tough to like get a measure about who the Cowboys actually are we are going to know a lot after five, four weeks from now, which I've I've said that a lot. But like coming up, you have the Chargers, you have the Rams, you have the Eagles. Those are all teams that you think, okay, the that's about the tier that I'm now putting the Cowboys on. Like especially with, not, maybe not the Eagles, like the Rams, like a team that's they're not amazing by any means, but it's a team you can beat. It's going to be a competitive game, though. I think that's where we if you if you counted tonight as measuring stick the Cowboys are they they look like a team that should be contending for the first overall pick I don't think that's who they are so I'm it's just tough I want to use the next four weeks as this measuring stick but then again I've been saying that after after the blowouts and I've been saying that after like I'm saying that after tonight so at some point I have to get a read on them I just don't think I can after that
0: so another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check 10 minutes after the Arizona game, I came on this very show and I said, I felt extremely confident they were going to beat the Patriots. That's just like, they bounce back from a poor loss. They do all that tough talk, but then they tighten up, right? This feels like a demoralizing loss where I want to feel that way against the Chargers next week, but I don't feel the same way I did. Like, I, I can't sit here and echo some type of, switch flipping confidence for this team they they haven't earned it and i don't know if they got it in them and you just mentioned it what they go chargers uh by week rams Rams, eagles Eagles or eagles rams i don't know either way that might be the next three opponents there's a chance there's a chance they could be three and five in the next like oh absolutely you know and and we're talking about full panic mode at that point if this team is three and five with all this talent now that's what scares me about this chargers game because if they don't lose this, they're gonna have a whole if they do lose this, they're gonna be on a two-game losing streak, going into a bye week against another tough opponent. It's that they could lose to. The we know this fan base and in, in the national media are not capable of just rational conversation about this team. It's gonna get crazy and it's gonna get crazy quick and it's gonna be loud. So with that being said, they gotta figure this out. And to answer that question, do I think they're a facade? It's hard for me not to say that they aren't a facade at this point, right? They've, they've only beaten bad football teams and they've lost to a really good 49ers team. And then they lost to a poor Arizona team, too. So it's like, do I believe who you're telling me you are or do I want to keep sitting here and have this hope and dream that, you know, that they are who that they tamed, they've they turned the corner? And, I, you know, I have the conversation with my friends and my wife and I'm like. Every year, like this is the year, this is the year that those things that they nip those in the bud, they changed and they turned the corner, this team looks different, and every year I'm proved wrong.
1: I think it depends what you mean by facade. I think where we were at previously, where we're like, okay, this defense is good enough to will will the Cowboys to something like a Super Bowl or at least a deep playoff run. I don't that's not the Cowboys anymore. And I think if like that's if that was the facade, yeah, the Cowboys were a facade. However, I still think even if even after night, like I could easily see the Cowboys squeaking out 12 wins. But then you go, you either go to Philadelphia or San Francisco in the playoffs and you'd likely be like a touchdown underdog, maybe even more like I could see that being a possibility as well. So it's it's tough. I I don't facade is it, I, I don't really know how to define facade here, but. In terms of like, are the Cowboys elite? No. Yeah.
0: Like so let me ask this. Do you still think they're the third best team in the NFC? I I think
1: I take the Lions over the Cowboys right now. Lions are playing really good football.
0: So for so and if I mean I it's hard to disagree, right? It's hard to disagree with anything that's in the negative light tonight. So if it's 49ers Eagles, there's gotta be a Grand Canyon gap between Detroit and the Cowboys and the Rams and whoever's you know what I mean? So as far as I was concerned, in my opinion, I always thought that the Eagles and the 49ers were a little better until proven otherwise, but I think that little is now a large better. Like, it's not – it's like they may play the Eagles more competitive because that's there's familiarity there, but you shouldn't – if we have to go see the 49ers again, nobody in this fan base should be, like, confident in that game. Like, you better hope no. that, like, we can pull some things together and, and be pleasantly surprised. Nobody should go into that game talking crazy off their chest. But um, yeah, the facade is hard. I guess what I meant by facade is like they're fugazi. It's fake, right? Like you, you Fraud, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna look good against a bad opponent, but like once you get that thing in the light, you're gonna be able to see the imperfections. And I think that that's what we saw tonight.
1: I agree, and we'll know a lot more in four weeks. Like like you said, if the Cowboys, which is now a realistic possibility, if the Cowboys come leave that Eagles game and they're three and five, yeah, I mean you can I throw the word fraud all over the Cowboys at that point. But if they are like, if they can go two and one over that stretch, then I'd like, there's still, I can still see a path to 12 wins with this team. It's just, I'm, I have zero confidence that they can beat like a team like the Niners or the Eagles in the postseason.
0: Yeah. And that's, and we got so much time in between that, but you're right. Looking at the schedule, it's Chargers, Rams, Eagles. So we go Monday night by week, one o'clock kick four twenty five Eagles. Like you're getting a little bit of mix of everything there. You're going from Monday night to a week off, trying to get refreshed to a, a good Rams team, you know, that can beat you. That just got Cooper cut back against the hated rival in Philadelphia. Like a lot could, like you said, a lot can be figured out in the next three to four weeks here, but yeah, it's you know, as a rehash, Cowboys lost 42 to 10. They fall to three and two on the season. They drop another game back behind the Eagles, who continue to win. Uh, I I don't they're probably, you know, we don't have to talk about it, but I think it's probably one of their more impressive wins. You know, they're able to kind of lean yeah. on the Rams a little bit. And even when the, the Rams thought they were gonna come back, the Eagles would pull away. So there's a there's a clear gap in between that. Obvious that the 49ers are not um we're not in the same stratosphere as them right now. And it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, I didn't bring this up, but I kind of want to have, you know, if you're willing, I kind of want to have a more pointed conversation about Dak Prescott. We can probably spend five or six minutes on it. But how do you like is this in your mind? Has this permanently damaged how you feel about him moving forward? Has like anything you saw tonight made you change how you did in three hours ago about the guy?
1: No, no, I'm not. There's nothing there's nothing new about Dak Prescott. I will still defend him, not this week, but I will still defend him whenever I see the opportunity. Dak Prescott is a upper-level quarterback, and people who are calling for him to leave, I don't think realize how hard it is to get a franchise guy like Dak Prescott. But I was hoping that when he came out last year against San Francisco and fell flat when he had those games where it was like the Broncos game, where he just had those like off performances, in the back of my brain, I was ho- I was hoping maybe maybe that was a Kellen Moore issue. Maybe the inconsistency was just because Kellen Moore didn't know how to scheme against certain defenses, and as a result, the offense just fell flat. What I think we learned after night is Dak Prescott, he's not an elite quarterback because elite quarterbacks don't have games where you it's completely a net like that. So I'm not... I still think Dak Prescott's a great quarterback. I just like he's we're going to have to put up with some bad performances, which is less than ideal. And so it's it's tough to come to that realization that no Kel Moore wasn't the issue. Dak Prescott just falls flat sometimes. And when it when he falls flat, it looks very ugly. And so that's nothing. No new revelations from tonight, but cementing something that I hoped wasn't true.
0: So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just reading this right now. Um, as we record this, it's just past midnight on the East Coast, and Dak Prescott is still, like, on the podium talking right now. Um, and just to kind of read this quote, and we can kind of further the conversation, he said, quote, this was maybe the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. And he also said before that, I didn't see it coming. So, you know, I would love to have heard that. And how he said it, because I'm a big person. I'm a big proponent of it's not what you say. It's how you say it. So I want to hear the tone. I want to hear how he does it come off like a defeated man. Does it come off as a perplexed man? Does it come off as somebody who is saying it in like a arrogant type of way? Like I would I'm more concerned with how he says it than what he said. But what he said is, I think, how a lot of people feel. You know what I mean? I I, I don't think yep. anybody would have been surprised if the team if the team lost this game, but it's the manner in which they did it. And you know, for me, you know, the Dak Prescott conversation is never going to like really evolve or go away until he wins a Super Bowl. And and that's a sick and twisted kind of way to look at it because like it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. I mean, a guy like Dan Marino has that on his back and we got a guy Like Steve Young who had to get the monkey off His back like there's so many quality Quarterbacks in this league I mean we're looking at Eli Manning Has two Super Bowls and they're talking about him In a, in a different light than he probably deserves To you know what I mean there's guys who yeah. Who've never won one and you're sitting Here and it's you know A, a, a scarlet letter on him It, it just it, it comes with the territory it's not going to be fair I think he has the skill to do it I just don't no, I you can't sit here confidently and say like, we're going to be able to put this all together until they put it all together. Right? Like I don't, th- I, I can believe in the talent. I can crunch the film. I can be a believer and understand some of the things he does and the skills that he brings and the leadership he has, but ultimately it falls on deaf ears and people are tired of hearing about it because there are a lot more casual observers who just, Box score, you know, the, I'm watching the box score and I, you know, and when something's wrong, it's the quarterback. But it's really hard to to be a football purist and a guy who grinds the film and is a numbers guy and talk about DVOA and and EPA and 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 keep beating people over the head with that stuff, and and then to be like, yeah, but I don't care because he doesn't win. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't care. He hasn't won a Super Bowl and he looked bad in this game and and it's, you know, you can have the conversation until you blue in the face, but. I guess it's a long roundabout way to say it's never going to stop until he either yeah. retires or wins one. And that's such a, a frustrating conversation.
1: Quick question for you, and it's it's a difficult conversation to have, but what we saw tonight is against good defenses, there's the potential that Dak Prescott just comes out and he, fall, he looks really bad. Do you have confidence? What is your confidence level, 1 to 10, that... Dak Prescott at some point in his career can go through three to four good defenses just like because, in order to win a Super Bowl in the playoffs, you have to go through three to four likely good defenses because they made the playoffs. Are you still confident on scale one to 10 that Dak Prescott can string together four good performances against good defenses?
0: Let me answer in a roundabout way instead of directly. The way this team has been advertised. Was that it would never have to be on Dak Prescott. Exactly. This defense was always supposed to keep the game interesting. If this defense didn't give up 42 points, this game is a lot more competitive, right? What if they gave up half of that? You know what I mean? What if it was 21? And now we're sitting here, it's 21 7, and we're still in a competitive match, and the offense hasn't looked great, but the defense, you could say, okay, the defense really gave you everything you had. And you can get into that last year. That's what the NFC divisional round game was like. It was 19 to 12 defense did all they could to keep the game in there. But the difference between 22 and 23 is there was a real talent deficiency on offense. This year they were supposed to address that with Brandon Cooks and a healthy Michael Gallup and Tony Pollard leading the way and Jake Ferguson being an upgrade over Dalton Schultz. And we finally get the offensive line all together for a game. Like there were supposed to be some weapons, and the you know the new West Coast, Texas Coast thing was supposed to be really advantageous, which I do agree. I do think it's safer and smarter throws, and and it's it's set up to help this quarterback in this style. So I I have confidence. In this team, if in that scenario, if the defense is playing well, but if the defense can't stop anybody, I just don't know if this offense at least has shown yet that they're capable of putting the team on their back and doing it. Because if they would have tonight, would have been a night. Arizona would have been the day. Like those things just haven't happened in recent memory.
1: I completely agree with you. I think that given the right situation, and especially given a good defense, Dak Prescott could a- absolutely still string to- string together four wins and get the Cowboys to the promised land. It's just going to be really tough to convince people of that, especially like, as you mentioned, it's not like it's our job to argue, but it is going to be difficult to convince people that, yeah, this is a quarterback who, who can string together four good games in the playoffs, which I mean, the first good defense you face this year, the second good defense, I guess Dak Prescott comes out, looks awful. So, I mean, it's not like it's our job to defend Dak, but it like we're, our backs, our backs are completely up against the wall now.
0: Well, you know what it is? Because we're numbers, guys. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell me. I'm not going to let somebody say I'm an eye tester. Tell me what I'm seeing is not real, concrete, analytical numbers. Like, if, you, if you're if you confused by the numbers, just say that. Don't tell me you're a f- – all oh, my eyes tell me he isn't good. Okay, well, the numbers tell you you're wrong in every statistical way. It, it's tough like on a night like tonight i'm sure his numbers will be you know not great and epa will be down his dvoa will be poor and those games reflect and those will be the games they jump on but then they conveniently ignore when he's lights out you know what i mean and he's efficient and he does things well against the patriots or does things well against the jets and it's like but no those games don't count right it's only the ones where he's poor that everybody wants to sing out and that's kind of that's more of a that's more of a generation thing. Our generation just looks for the negative.
1: I agree. I do think, like we talked about, his great game against the Patriots. He was not the reason. He was not in the top ten reasons the he the Cowboys lost the Cardinals game. It's and then you get into like the Jets game to a lesser extent, the Giants game where he does look good. I just I, I want to see that consistency when we're also playing the Niners. Not it does it doesn't mean that he has to light him up for 300 yards, four touchdowns, and an 80% completion percentage, I just don't want to see complete ineptitude when you get to a game like that. Like, I want to see, if the Cowboys had hung 17, 24 points, I would have been, like, I would have been like, okay, wasn't Dak Prescott's great game, but he showed up, and it wasn't perfect, but, like, I, I, I still trust him, and I do still trust him, but just falling that flat in a game that clearly meant so much is concerning to me
0: i will say you know before we wrap this up we'll get onto our last segment here quickly um i i'd never see like in any sport in any team that i've ever watched or whatever seem to get caught in the wake more than the cowboys do like when things start going bad and the tides start to turn they get swept out to sea like they can't figure out a way to like stop the bleeding right it's Oh man, we're, we're, we're we're fumbling the football. Oh, we're giving up a lot of dumb penalties. Oh, Dak throws one pick. That means two more are coming. You know what I mean? Oh, it, we can't figure out anything. We can't stop a nosebleed on defense. Like they, they can't have a moment where they're just like, all right, let's just stop this right now. Right? Like let's start over. And just figure it out. They just haven't been able to do that. And is and you could tell early on the first drive, they methodical give a touchdown. There was a little bit of everything. There was a penalty, and then there was a three and out on offense. And I'm and I'm like, oh, here we go. Like we've seen this before, and it was like two weeks ago that we saw something like this.
1: Yep, that's what I was going to mention. I mean, we've now seen two Cowboys losses. In both losses, they didn't get the lead, and they yep. like playing for. But I, I just. We we have to see a game, and I don't. It's not like I'm rooting for the Cowboys to go down early, but we have to see a game where the Cowboys come back because yeah. I mean, if you're talking about like what what can this Cowboys team do in the postseason, they're not going to have the lead a hundred percent of the time in the postseason. They're going to need to come from behind, and that's something we have not seen the Cowboys do at all this year. When they when they go down early, it's almost like a death nail.
0: Yep, absolutely. And the last topic we'll make it brief because it's more of like a you know kind of not it's like a subjective thing or um so i want to ask you to point directly here um uh, sorry let me make sure i pull it up <laughs> um is it time for this team to stop telling us what they're going to do and simply just do it right like i i, I know what's going to happen i tweeted it out michael parsons is going to come out and he's going to say that we got punched in the gut and it'll never happen again Jaron ron Kirsten will do that we're coming for everything chat and Tank Lawrence will be big and bad on social media and everybody will do this whole, we're coming you know, nobody believes in us, Us against the wall stuff. Are you as tired of hearing that as I am? And are you just want to simply just see it? I don't care. Like I said, you know, 20 minutes ago, I don't care if they speak to the media again, like just go out there and just play football, play well. I don't want to hear what you're going to do. I just want to see what you're going to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I might not get as annoyed with you because the reality of the situation in 2023 is there's a microphone in front of every player at all times. And if that's not a microphone, then they have social media where people are expecting them to post. And like, it's, it's not like Mike is going to come out this week and say, yeah, our defense sucks. Like, I he, would respect he's, he, it. <laughs> yeah, I, he's like, he it's, it's just player speak. It's, it's like when, like after a good game, when a, when you interview, the quarterback he's like man this was a team effort it's just you yeah. have to say so it's player speak so i don't know it, it but
0: i would almost it, it's gonna use sting
1: it. it's gonna sting when i read that yeah. it. it's like if you are that defense that you claim to be why were you not that defense against the 49ers yeah. if you are that offense that you claim to be why were you not that offense against uh, that offense against the 49ers
0: right i would rather them use it and say like Flip it on its head and be like, we're not gonna come on here and do the rah-rah. Like, we're just gonna show it. Like, you if you say that, I'm cool with that. Like, come on like we're not gonna do the yapping, we're not gonna do the talking, like we're gonna let the pads talk. Because that's like, all right, like I understand that's like that seems like maturity to me. Like, you're America's team. There's like you said, there's always gonna be a camera, a microphone in your face. They're gonna be looking for a clip, they're gonna be looking for a soundbite, and don't give it to them. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, foot like I mentioned with the Ch- chardavius Ward a couple of minutes ago like yeah we don't care this is just another game to us and the only reason why he had to answer that question is because somebody from them were like hey the Cowboys acting like this is the their like in-season Super Bowl that they want to prove something and it's like let's let's not let's not do that anymore let's just take every game one at a time understand that whether it's the Arizona Cardinals or the San Francisco 49ers both games equally mean more or the same in regular season football and Let's just keep everything else to a dull roar here, please.
1: No, I agree. I don't, especially in a week like that, like everybody's going to be watching the Cowboys because you just got embarrassed on national TV. Yeah. And so just don't, don't give them too much ammo. Yeah.
0: Now it's killing Moore. Now there's more, there's emo, yeah. more emotion involved in it. And I just, I don't know how I feel about this team and emotional battles right now. So with that being said, I'm um, kind of wrapped up all the topics I had. Anything else you wanted to add?
1: Yeah, I, I want to give you three names and okay. real quick, just give me your confidence level one to 10 and them having, putting it together and having a good rest of the season. The three names are Tony Pollard, J Ron Kurse, and Mike McCarthy's play calling mm. confidence level. in those three, one to 10.
0: Well, I'll tell you the one I'm the most highest on is Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard will be okay. You know, he had great play by Fred Warner. Um, but I think Tony Pollard, he, he'll be all right. So I'd say seven. Right, for Jaron Curse, I four like I th- i told you from the beginning when we did our rankings of safeties, I thought he was the third most important of the big three. Um, yeah. and I had pushback on that. That's fine. Like Jaron Curse is like a fan favorite, and I appreciate it. But I think he's the most expendable one in my opinion. Um, and then for Tony, uh, and then for Mike McCarthy's offense and play calling, we're five games in now. A three like he's the what i have the least amount of confidence in because at this point you kind of are what you what you what you you are at this point right like he's he's left a lot more to be desired and um i, I just don't see how uh was what it what's the old saying like uh leopard doesn't change its spots or whatever it is or a tiger yeah. doesn't change its stripes like
1: Something you
0: are kind of right. what you are at this point man
1: yeah i i agree with you i think what i'd say tony pollard he hasn't looked as explosive as last. Like we you haven't agree. really seen it in a game where it's I like, agree. Oh yeah. I thought that today yeah. I was like,
0: he hasn't had that like oomph yet. Like that Tony Pollard, just like a flash yeah. through the hole. So I agree with you.
1: So Tony Pollard, I'm closer to like probably a five Jaron curse, man. This is, it's a rough start to the season for yeah. curse. I'd put it like a two. He won't be back next year
0: in my opinion. That's my bullet. No, I don't think
1: yeah. so. But with Dono potentially injured, we're gonna see a lot. It's it's not like the yeah. Cowboys have options. Mike McCarthy, it was you. The offense at times looks so good between the twenties. Where is this consistency? That like that was the point of the Texas Coast offense was that yeah, you're not gonna be at, as explosive as a team, but you're gonna be a more consistent team. Where was that consistency tonight? And so, I'd put it like I think I'd be a little bit higher. I'd put it like a four or five because I've seen the offense look so good between the twenties, but man you can't that the performance tonight that was disgusting from a was supposed to be a revived offense
0: yeah i mean well said it is i mean you leave out tonight perplexed almost you're shocked but almost not shocked right like you almost come to expect the unexpected with this team but anyway you chalk it up not a good night for cowboys fans not a good night for the football team and a not a quick turnaround, but it's going to be another primetime showing on Monday night next week against the Los Angeles Chargers. So they really don't have much time to figure it out. They've had some injuries. I know Derron Blanca hurt, but I believe it was just cramps. Um, you got Kamati Turpin, got his ankle rolled up on. He had to get stretched. He was out. You know, CJ Goodwin is hurt. Um, Who else am I missing? Donovan Wilson, like you said. Yeah. Um, have you
1: heard anything about the Dono injury? I have What Like, what is, yeah.
0: No, it looked like a lower extremity. He had trouble getting off the field. But those things will be probably sorted out Wednesday ish. You know how they are with the, the injuries, more so than ever. It's tough to get a beat on what the team is gonna actually do, what it's gonna look like. Um, but that being said, man, we got a we got a lot of crow to eat this week and we got a lot of uh bad takes to digest. So hope you're hope you're hungry. <laughs> Cause it's gonna be a tough week, man.
1: Yeah, just going to have to avoid social media this week because there's, <laughs> like, no defense for what we saw tonight. Yeah,
0: I'm a glutton for punishment, so I'll probably be on there, like, defending <laughs> my But, no, nah, it's probably probably not the most uh the healthy thing to do. I digress. Either <laughs> way, uh, this is another episode of the First of Ted podcast brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. We'll catch you guys next week, and it'll actually be a preview show. We got a preview show because of Monday night. So we'll actually dissect it and talk about the Chargers game. And uh, the rest of the the network will have you covered on the post show. But for us, um, we'll give you a good preview. So we'll catch you next week. Peace.